All right, I got nerve shop. So today's daf is daf samach hey, page sixty five. In the halagim is seches kasubis, and we pick up two lines from the bottom of samach dalid on bud We're going to wrap up yesterday's daf. We're up to v'nosein la chazi kav kitnius. Another responsibility of a husband who's living separately from his wife, living in different homes. Another uh, uh, another financial responsibility or food responsibility that he must send her is give her a half a kav of kitnius, a half a kav of beans. Okay. Now the Mishnah gave us really a list. It was either wheat or barley, and then beans and oil and figs and so etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, one thing not mentioned that a husband must send a wife is wine. Wine. You think she needs wine for Kiddush, right? So the Gemara just muses and says, Notice, it doesn't say that a husband is supposed to send, is obligated to send wine to his wife, again, who he's living separate from. Let's say this is a proof to Rabbi Elazar. Why? Rabbi Elazar says we now turn to today's daf. We do not obligate a husband to send wine to his wife. Says the Gemara, why not? And if you're going to say, you want to quote me a pasuk over here, I'm going to go after them, those who, who are uh, beloved, they give me my bread, umemai, and my water, tzamre, my wool, upishti, my linen, shamni, my oil, vishikuye, and my drinks. Now, shikoy, we're assuming, means to drink wine. So you see that a, a, a woman is meant to drink wine. You should know, Dvarm Shisha Mishle Kekasaleim. Um, it really means, uh, I'm sorry, which, what, what does Vishikwe what uh, mean? It means something that a woman lusts after, something that a woman desires after. Umani, who, and what is it? It's not wine, says the Gemara. You know what it is? Tachshitin. Tachshitin means accessories, extras, jewelry, you know, things to, to make her pretty. Okay? So the Gemara says, notice our Mishnah, didn't mention you must send her wine. And this is a proof to Rabbi Elazar, who in this brisa says that she, when, when uh, th- this woman saying that she was supported with shikuye, it means accessories. It doesn't mean that she was supported with the wine. Hence, our Mishnah holds, you don't need to send wine to a woman. Okay. Rabbi Yehuda from the city of, of Neviraya gave a drasha. Some say it was Rabbi Yehuda from Ishkfar Nifulchayim, from the town of Nifulchayil. I'm sorry, from the town of Nifulchayil. What did he say? What was the drasha? How do you know that a husband is not obligated to send a weekly amount of wine to his wife? As it says, the well-known story of Chana. Chana got up. She was childish. She went to Shiloh. She went to Eli Akayin. To go Davin. She got up. After she drank in Shiloh. And after he drinks. This is referring to Elkanah, Chana's husband. It says that she drank. I'm sorry. She ate and he drank. Which means, what do you mean he drank? It means he drank wine and she did not drink wine. So a woman is not uh, is not meant to be supported with wine. Says Gemara, Elameyata, is that true? But now, Achla, when it says she ate, she got up from eating. 
Men drink, but men don't eat. In other words, like this. The Pesach says, she, she ate and he drank. Oh, yeah, she ate, oh, only he drank, but not her. Says the Tell me that means that men don't eat because it only says that she ate. It doesn't say that he ate. Of course, that does, that's not what it means. Answers the Gemara, no. Anan midishani kra bidibure ka'amrinan. The Gemara says that we are really only writing this, we are really only writing this Pasuk in a way that it's, uh, people usually speak. And let's explain this. Michti, let's see. We're dealing with Chana, we're dealing with what Chana did, right? It says she got up and she came to Davin. My time, Moshani, why did we change? Why, why, the Gemara is bothered. You know, it says she got up from, from eating and he got up from drinking. Why is that necessary? Why don't you just say they got up from eating? It says she got up and then he drank. Why does it have to be written like that? Unnecessary. So from the reason, for, for that purpose, we say, You know what it's telling me? Tadavka specifically make this drasha. Make the drasha that only Elkanah, her husband, drank, but Hannah herself did not drink. Okay. So Viter, continuing on that theme, we have another drasha, another limo telling us that it's not necessary, it's not an integral part of a woman's lifestyle uh, to drink wine. Hence, the husband's not responsible to send her a specific amount um, of, uh, of wine. Okay. Says the Gemara. Meisvei, they asked a challenging question. Regila la. The Brisa says if she's used to drinking wine, that's part of her lifestyle. She, you know, every morning uh, she's got a breakfast and then she sits outside with a, with a nice cup of wine. It's five o'clock somewhere. So then, Naisnin la, he's obligated to send her wine. So you see, you are obligated to send wine. Says the Gemara. No, look at what it says. It says Regila. Regila means this is what she's used to. So it says the Gemara, Regila shiny. If she's used to drinking wine, it's different. We will admit that you should send wine. And now, Hevra, listen close. The Gemara is going to shift to bring out something very interesting about wine. And that is, wine is amazing. And wine can do terrible things as well. You have to use it in balance. So right now we're just saying, oh, send her wine. Says the Gemara, the reason why we're not just going to send her wine is because wine could be detrimental if you don't know how to be mature with it. So the Gemara is going to say, you know why the bride says you have to send her wine? When she's rugged, when she has a habit, when she's used to drinking wine, she's familiar with it. Now, why? So says the Gemara, the Amar of Chinana Bar Kahana Amar Shmuel, Rav Chinana, the son of Kahana, says the name of Shmuel, Regila, if she's used to drinking wine, the husband's responsible to give her enough wine to have one cup a day. But if she's not used to drinking wine, you give her two cups. Now, says the word, now does that make any sense? <laughs> we just said if she's not used to it, she gets nothing. If she is used to it, you send her wine. We said, no, if, if she's used to it, you send her one cup. She's not used to it, two cups. That doesn't make any sense. This is my camera. What are you talking about? Listen to this. Omar Abai, Abai explains. This is what we mean to say. Regila, if this woman is rugil, she's she has a, a lifestyle, she has a habit. Bifne Bala, when she's with her husband, 
She drinks two cups of wine. Okay? So if she's used to drinking wine, so then if her husband's around, we'll give her two cups of wine. But if her husband's not around, so then she's ruggil to drink. She's used to drinking, but she's going to get one cup. Okay? Now, why? So the Gemara is already hinting to us, what are the... What is one of the detrimental side effects of drinking wine? It leads to looseness and promiscuity as well. People lose their boundaries and there must be boundaries between genders. There's a looseness that comes around when a person drinks, particularly in this area. So if she drinks two cups, she might get a little loose. But if her husband's around, okay, nishkeferlech. Either it'll keep her in check, or if she comes to some sort of desire or whatever, so her husband's with her. If her husband's not around, it's one cup. We're more concerned. That's when she's used to drinking wine. However, if she's only used to drinking one cup of wine when her husband's around, so then the shalai b'fnei bala, when her husband's not around, that's where we say, ain and nice and law call ikr, we don't give her any wine at all. Now notice, notice that we're, we're talking about the case of our Mishnah. That's what we're trying to clarify. In our Mishnah, the husband and wife are not living together. Remember, they're living in separate areas. So he's sending her food every week. And we, li- we didn't list wine as one of the foods to send her. Sigmar had asked, I, but there's a price that says you do. So what we're clarifying now is as follows. Since the husband's not around, they're not. They're, they're living separately. So if she's not used to drinking wine with her husband around, or if she's used to drinking one cup, she got. That's our Mishnah. We don't send her. The Brisa, which says you do send wine, that's when she's used to drinking two cups when she would be with her husband. Then the husband's responsible to send her enough to have one cup a day, because that type of thing, taka, is what we would say is part of her lifestyle. And he should send her. Okay. So that's one possible answer. We'll give another possible answer. And we'll say like this. If she's used to drinking wine, we're going to give her Okay. Now, is just an expression of some extra money to purchase some wine. There was a story with the daughter-in-law of Nakdim Magori. Now, Nakdim Magori was known to be incredibly wealthy. There's a number of stories about him. He, he uh, was very wealthy right before the Chorban Bayasheni, right, right before the destruction of the second base on Mikdash. And there's Gemaras elsewhere that tell over stories where his own family was out there picking through the dung of animals. Right? After the Chorban, they were so poor, they had nothing. They were like... Imagine somebody who it's impossible to lose your wealth. Impossible. After the Khurban, his family was picking through the dung of animals to look for some barley kernels to wash off and eat. That's how, there's Gemara's to talk about, like when describing how terrible things were during the Khurban. But there was a story with his daughter-in-law. This is when he was incredibly wealthy. Listen to this. She became a widow. So she came to Besden and she wanted to be supported by the husband's estate. Listen to what they, listen to, listen to what they gave her. Sheposku lachachamim, lachachamim paskent for her, sosayim yayin, two sa'a of wine, which is a huge amount of wine, tremendous amount of wine, litzike kedera, 
to just to uh, give some taste for her pot. May Erev Shabbos, may Erev Shabbos. From Friday to Friday. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody drinking that type or that amount of wine. But that's the society she came from, right? Sometimes you hear, you hear about a divorce. And the court will award one of the spouses $100,000 a week. And they come back and they say, I can't live off that. Only $100,000 a week? Do you know what it costs to take care of me? Right? It's, it's, uh, it's $2.5 million a month. And you hear these things and you're like, wow, how do you even figure out how to spend that much money? But that's, that's the lifestyle. They gave her a tremendous amount of wine and she got angry about this. She was upset about it. Listen to what she says. Amra lahen, she says to them, oh, that's all you're giving me? Kach tifsiku that's what your daughter should get. What do you think the Chum would say? Amen, can you hear us own, right? <laughs> these are, uh, are Chachamim here. Right, these people, you know, there are chacham who are wealthy, but you think they would respond, Amen. Yeah, she's giving them a bracha. That's all you're giving me? I wish your daughters would have this. Right? Says the Gemara, Tana, we learned in a b'risa, Shemera Siavam Haisa, Nakdimam Ben-Gurion's son had died childless. So the daughter-in-law was a Yavama, and therefore, Vlei Anu Achareha Amen, they did not respond Amen to her statement. And I think this is so, when I was looking over this Gemara, it blew my mind. Because what the Gemara here is saying is that, we'll, we'll start with a joke. There's a guy sitting on a plane next to a woman who's got a huge rock on her finger. Got a big stone. He says, wow, that's, that's a diamond ring. Right? Never saw a ring like that. That's incredible. She says, yes. It's the famous Goldstein diamond. But it comes with the it comes with the curse. He says, Oh, really? That's incredible. I didn't know what the diamond itself has a name. What curse what curse does it come with? She says, Mr. Goldstein. Yeah, that's the right. I got a nice rock. But you gotta get. You, you have to take the whole. Uh, you have to take the whole pot. You gotta take everything together. Gamara here is telling us an amazing thing. Here you have a woman. Everything, everything, everything financially. She's Shemeris Yavam. She says, "That's all you give me." Your daughter's get it. The Chum did not respond. I mean, you know why? Because nothing in life is a snapshot. You have to have a whole picture. Over here. You have a woman, she's a Shemeres Yavam, her husband dies childless. You answer Amin to her bracha that their daughters should be like her. Very often, it comes with the curse as well. It comes with other parts of it uh, as well. And it's, it's a very uh, important idea to uh, know in life and to know to always be grateful with the, uh, the pekala, you know, the, the situation that the Rebbein Yishlelem gave us. Okay. Viter, if a woman drinks one cup of wine, that's great for her. That's very it's healthy for her. It's good for her. Shnayim nivula. Two? No. It's uh, two is uh, nivula. Yeah, it's going to end up uh, uh, not not creating anything uh, 
anything good for her. Shleisha, three cups, Taivas Bepeh. She might be Taivea, her husband, for relations, Bepeh. Which is, a, you know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not so modest. Arba, Afilu Chamar Taivas Beshok, Veina Makbedes. Yeah, four cups, so then, you know, people get uh, stone drunk and they do really dumb things. Fine. This is only true where a woman should limit her wine drinking. That's only when her husband's not around. Her husband's with her, big deal. Less lumba. All right, there's no issue whatsoever. You know, the verse that we quoted about a woman not drinking wine and only eating, that was talking about Chana and Elkanah. She ate, he drank. Now, they were together. Says the Gemara, if they're together, why are we making a drusha that she didn't drink? Let her drink. Chana's husband was with her. Says the Gemara, there she was a guest. Okay? And when you're a guest, you need to take added measures of modesty. And therefore she didn't drink wine. And let's explain that. Because Ravuna taught us. How do you know? That if you have an achsunoi, if somebody is a guest in somebody somebody else's house, that they should not be having relations with each other. They got up early in the morning, they bowed down in front of Hashem, and they returned, then they came home. Only once they came home did they have relations together, and that's when Hashem remembered her. So since they were a guest in somebody else's house, we say, Hashta, once they got home in, they had relations, Meikara, but originally, went while they were traveling and in somebody else's house, like, no. Now, the reason for this given, why people should not, couples, should not have relations in somebody else's house, has to do with Tznias. What's the Tznias? It's not that it's usur, it's forbidden necessarily in Halacha, um, as far as uh, the act itself, but when the host goes and changes the linens, or changes, whatever it is, if it's noticeable on the linens that the couple were together, so that's a lack of modesty. That's, you know, that is a, uh, that is a, uh, a lack of tzinius. All right. Viter in Gemara, listen to this next Misa. This is wild. Chevra, this is wild. It, there's going to be so much to say about the story that it might be better off not even, uh, <laughs> let's get going and we'll talk about this. Choma, you have a woman named Choma, she was married to Rava, and she came in front of Rava. So Choma married Abaye, Abaye died. So she came in front of Rava. Listen to this. She wants to be supported by Abaye's estate. Amrulay, she said to him, I need to make sure that I'm supported with food from my husband's estate. I need you to set up how much I get. So Pasakla, they gave Choma a specific amount. Cycli Chamara. He says, um, I also want you to give me a set amount of wine that I'm supposed to get every week. Amarla, Sarava, Abai and Rava, right? They were very close. They argued a lot. They learned a lot of terror together. Omar La, he said to her, Yodana Bey bin Achmeni, I know Abaye, his nickname, another name for was Nachmeni. I know Nachmeni. He didn't drink wine. You're asking for wine from the estate? You guys didn't have wine in your house. Why should we send you wine? Listen to what He says, I swear by your life. She took her arms. 
and she showed him Abaye would drink wine from such a large goblet, a large cup. Now listen to what happened. As she was showing him how big the cup is, her arm got uncovered. Right, She showed up dressed sneers. But then somehow her arm got uncovered. And a light came to the Bezdin. Which means she was incredibly beautiful. And when her arms became exposed, it was noticeable to everybody in the Bezdin. Come Rava. So what happened? Listen to this. Rava got up, and he, he ran home. He went home. Apparently seeing her gave him some sort of taiva, some sort of desire to be with his wife. So he goes running home. He came to her, Chista's daughter, his wife, and he says, uh, I want to, you know, it's the afternoon. He says he wants to have relations with her. Amr Le Bas of Chista, Rav Chista's daughter says to him, you're, you're at work. What, what just happened? Right? Now, what do you think Rava answered? If you were Rava, I don't want to ask what you would answer, right? You're probably not going to give the straightest answer, but Rava does. Amr Le, so Rava says to his wife, he says, Chaima debisu da Abaye. Chaima, Abaye's widow, Abaye's wife, came to Bezdin. And therefore, I, was, I saw her, and that led me to come back home, and I want to be with you. So listen to what happened. Nafka Abasra. She went running after Chaima. Machsa lei deshida, and she was carrying some sort of uh, lock with a chain. And she and Machsle Bekovit Deshida at the Absalom Mikula Machuza till she chased her out of town. Say, get out of town! I don't want you. I don't want you uh, going into Bezdin. Omr Allah, and she said to Choma after she chased her out of town, Katalt You already killed three people. Va'atas Now you want to kill another person? Now, Chevra, listen to this. I just there's a lot to say. I just want to focus on what Rava's wife said to her. What do you think Rava's wife is going to say to Choma? What do you think she's saying to her? Don't go near my husband. Right? Is that, isn't that what it seems her problem is? She got upset. Her husband goes, what's going on? Hey, you better save her husband. It's not what she says. It's incredible. So listen to this. What happened was as follows. Choma had been married to three men. Abaye was her third husband. All of them died in her lifetime. She was married to husband number one, he died. Husband number two, he died. There's a Gemara we learned in Yuvah Mustaf, Samach about a woman whose husbands die, she develops a status as a katlonis, as a killing wife. There's a dispute whether it's after two times or three times. <coughs> Excuse me. Abaye held it was after... Three times. So Abaye met Choma. He liked her. So he married her. He was her third husband. And now he died. So Choma now had three husbands who were dead. Is she allowed to remarry? No. She's a Catalanist. I'll tell you what's amazing. It seems from the Gemara, Rava's wife was not upset about the original part of the story as much as she was upset that if Choma wanted to marry Rava, now this is before the cherem of Rabbeinu Gershom. So remember, if Rava wanted to marry a second wife, he would have been allowed to do so. He could have married Choma and kept his wife. 
But Rava's wife, listen to this. She's chasing Choma out of town, telling her, I'm here to protect my husband. You're not allowed to marry another man. And if my husband has, has any sort of interest in you, I want you out of here. So interestingly, this is not she, she's running after Chaima for her husband as opposed to for herself. Now, with, we don't have the time to get into this in, in depth, but this whole concept of Katlanis, of becoming a uh, woman who's a Katlanis, according to a lot of opinions, doesn't apply if people die in an old age. If people die at a you know at an older age, let's say you have a woman who's married, okay, her she she ends up being a young widow, okay. She then, no, years pass, whatever. She marries somebody in his 90s. And he passes away. Okay? A couple years later, whatever. Let's say she's 85, 90 years old. And she marries somebody who's uh, 100 years old. That's her third husband. And that guy passes away. She's, according to a lot of people, she's not called a Catalanist because everything made sense over here. It's not like she's going to be forbidden to remarry. What we're dealing with is when people are passing away, either in a situation or at an age that is uh, abnormal. Okay, let's keep going. We've got a lot of ground to cover. The widow of Rabbi Yisrael, the widow of Rabbi Yisrael, or really means the wife of Rabbi Yisrael, but she was a, a widow, the son of Rabbi Yisrael. She came to Rabbi Nechemia. The son of Rabbi Yosef, Amor Leish, please set aside food from the estate. Pasak Law, he gave her food. Pasak Lichamra, give me wine. Pasak Law, he gave her wine. Amar Law, he said to her, Yadana Bahuba, Bebechuza, the Shorachamra. I know you're from Bechuza, and people there drink a lot of wine. That's why we're giving you wine. What we're learning from this, by the way, is you have to support a woman with what she's accustomed to. Give me food. Pasakla, he set aside food from the estate. Like Nicham, wine. Pasakla, give her wine. Like Shiroi, she said, "I want fancy clothes. Set aside silk." Amar la Shiroi lama, why do you need silk? Listen to this. He thought that a woman is entitled to nice clothing because she's supposed to look nice for her husband. You don't have a husband. Why can't you wear your older clothing? Amar la says to him a very important halacha. Lecha, I need to wear nice clothing for you, ulechavrach for your friends, ulechavrurach and everybody else in the chavra. What does that mean? What she's saying is like this. Apparently, she walked in those circles. So she says, you know something? And this is chavra, this is so profound. She says, my husband was a rav, he was one of you guys, he would sit on the bezdin. Now that he's gone, I am entitled to the same friends, the same system, the same invites for Shabbos, the same everything. I plan on keeping the same environment and society around me. And therefore, if this is the way that I used to dress when I was married, I'm entitled to not change that way of dress. I still am entitled to walk in the same circles. And it seems that he gave it to her. And kacha, that's the halacha. And it's also very important sensitivity that for, for many of us may be difficult but sensitivity to know that when people become widowed, they lose a spouse, even divorce, whatever it is. But uh, not only are they losing a marriage, very often you lose, you, you lose a whole circle of, of social uh, realities that you had previously. 
even it's not anybody's fault. It just changes. And it's the achrayas of Bezdin, at least, to make sure that this woman has whatever she needs to try to keep up with her, her most normal life that she's accustomed to. Period. Here we go. Two dots. Next we said in the Mishnah of an Isla Mito Mapas, you gotta give her a bed and a mat. Mapas Maxels Amali the Avla. Why is he gonna give her a, a mattress which is soft and also a hard mat? Amara Papa, Ba Asra Dinahiki de Malupuria Bachavi. We're talking about a, a, a city where the Minog is, the custom is to kind of have their bed set up like a hammock, the Megaverba. Okay? Which is it's it's bad for her back. And it can cause her to uh, get older. And therefore, you got to make sure that she's got uh, very, it's fascinating. You know, we view sleep as like uh, something that doesn't have much of a science to it. The Gemara here is letting us know that it's important to have a good, a good mattress. A good, uh, people are entitled to have a, something healthy to sleep on. If a person doesn't get enough sleep, a person sleeps in the wrong positions, it could lead to quicker aging. One of the rabbis learned, so should we. A nice and carve cases. She doesn't get like a pillow and mattress. She does get a pillow and mattress. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If it's normal for people to get pillows and mattresses, my time at Danakama. Why does Danakama say she doesn't get one? If it's not normal, what's the reason for Abnasan? My time at Abnasan. Why are we going to give it to her? In other words, the Gemara is asking it should be dependent on what's the norm. And it's the Gemara. It's normal in his for, for him to have a pillow and mattress, but it wasn't normal for her to have a pillow and mattress. He could say he could he says to her, "Listen, when I leave, I'll take the pillow uh, with me." That was my custom to sleep on a pillow and mattress. When I come back, my I'll I'll bring it back. You don't need it. That wasn't your custom. You never used the pillow. You never used a, a pillow and mattress. says no. she could say to him, "No, no, no. That pillow and mattress stays with me." Sometimes you come back when it's already Shabbos. You're not going to be able to bring it over with you. You end up taking what I have and, and sleeping with it on the floor. And therefore you're obligated to keep one in my place too. This way you don't put us into an uncomfortable situation. And this is such another powerful idea. You know, Hever, listen to what happens. Notice what happened. You have a husband and wife living in separate places. He must make sure... That she, ready for this? He must make sure that she has proper sleeping arrangements for her and for him. I, why? Why does he got to make sure she's, that there's proper arrangements for him? If he ever doesn't bring his stuff over, let him sleep on the floor. No, no, no. That's going to put her in an uncomfortable position. She might now need to be babater and tell him to sleep on her stuff. Therefore, you got to permanently leave it there. Sometimes you need to have something in place um, as a uh, security, so to speak. And that's, that's a right that she has. Okay. The nice in law keeper. He also has to give her a covering for her head. Omar of Papala Baye. Repubba says the Baye now turn to Amud Bey's. The final Amud, as you'll notice. In the fifth parak of Mesechas Ksubis. I don't understand. We're now asking a very basic question. If you look at our Mishnah, we said he's got to give her a covering for her head. He's got to give her a belt. She gets shoes every yumtif. 
and a set amount of money for clothing. Ask the Gemara, one second. She needs shoes more than she needs clothing? Is there any point to somebody not having enough clothing but having plenty of shoes? Why would we do that? Answer the Gemara, Amar Tana B'makam Haram Kai. We're dealing with a place where there are a lot of mountains. This was just basic necessities. And we wrote the mission this way to teach us another idea. That he should, when should you give the new shoes when you live in an in a area of mountains? So she should also be besimcha with it. Which, by the way, is something uh, which is uh, very precious. It's a precious concept for us every day. Because every day is another day closer to Shabbos. Today's Erev Shabbos. Today's not Friday. Today's Erev Shabbos. Right? Thursday is Chamishi B'Shabbos. The fifth day of the week. It's fifth day getting closer to Shabbos. Wednesday is Yom Revi B'Shabbos. If somebody's going to get something new, if you know you ever have something special and unique that's going to make you feel good, do it, connect it in some way, shape, or form to Ruchrias. So if you live in a mountainous area, we're gonna, you know you're going to need new shoes. So you know when you should put on your new shoes? Look up at Yomtev. Turn your new shoes at that time. That's the Agavur Chekamashmala. Period. Okay, then we said in the Mishnah, how much clothing, how much clothing do you need to purchase for the wife? The Kalim Shal Chamishim Zuz. 50 Zuz. Chamishim Zuz It's 50 basic Zuz. Okay, now remember previously, we learned that there's different amount of silver in different types of zuz. So a simple type of zuz had less silver than the other type, than the, um, than, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, um, what was the word we used? But, uh, so the fourth line of Rashi here says, it's an eighth of a zuz tsuri shalkesef. So tsuri, a zuz from tsuri, was worth eight times the amount of this zuz. So it's 50 of the cheaper zuz. Mimai, how do I know that? We learned in the Mishnah by Medvar, when do we say that he's got to give her these basic amounts, Pani when he's a poor guy. But if he's a respectable guy, so it just depends according to his, you know, uh, according to his covet status. It means 50 zuz of tsuri, more expensive zuz, he doesn't have that. So you're not going to obviously, uh, you're not going to obviously demand it. If we're giving a flat amount for every yid, including an ani, it's got to be a type of money that an ani, a poor person, will have. Beautiful. All right. Viter. The ain't nice in law, like Hadashim, he doesn't need to give her new clothing. What do we say? We said for clothing, you give her a set amount. You buy new ones in the winter and she wears, it wears out over the course of the winter. By the time you get to the summer, so now it's lighter and she could wear that clothing. That could become her summer wardrobe. The rabbis learned and that's why they're rabbis. Listen to this. The husband is sending her food, wheat, barley, figs, what happens with the leftovers? He goes to visit her on Shabbos. Her fridge is stocked. She didn't eat it. Who gets it? Says the Brisa. He can take it back. He gets the leftovers. He says, I sent you the food. Tea. You didn't need it. Okay, I'll take it back. However, clothing that got worn out, 
She could keep and uh, sell it in her second-hand store, whatever she wants. Husband doesn't get it back. He can't say, uh, I won't open a used clothing store. No, it's hers. Says the Gemara, what are you going to do with this worn-out clothing? She could wear them while she's in either to not become Tizgana al Baila. Okay. Um, in other words, it, 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 these clothing were respectable still. So we wanted we want her to still have the ability that um, that uh, you know even during this time something will be a little different, but it'll still look nice for her husband. We've established the clothing of a widow that she leaves behind go to the husband's children. Because the only reason why she's allowed to hold on to her clothing is to not look, uh, is to look nice for her husband. But over here, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, there's no husband anymore. So therefore, if she has worn out clothing and her husband passes away, and the Yarshim inherit, they take the worn out clothing. I, I need to look nice for my husband. Your husband's six feet under. Okay. Nice for spending money, for miscellaneous money. He's got to give her a silver ma'achelas, and then they eat together every Arab Shabbos, Arab Shabbos. What does it mean? Achelas. Remember, we had a machlekas what eating means. Either it means real food or relations. Rav Nachman Omar Oichelas Mamish Rav Ashi Omar Tashmish It means having relations Tanah we learned in the Mishnah Oichelas Yimai Leili Shabbos The husband and wife eat together Every Friday night Bishmah Mandi Amar Achila If you're going to tell me it means food Hagdani Oichelas You get it They eat Friday night Elamand Amar Tashmish My Oichelas Why are you calling Tashmish eating? Why would you call intercourse eating? Answers the Gemara It's an expression It's a nicer way to Nicer form of talking Lishna Ma'alya it's an elevated form of speech. As it says, She ate, She wiped her mouth. And she said, I didn't do any Avera. As a woman who had relations, as a Zaina, and when she's done, she cleans herself off, wipes her mouth and says, I didn't do anything. Yeah? So it's an expression. But it's still referring to relations. Okay. Maisvei, that's a challenging question. says, they eat together on Friday night and on Shabbos day as well. Bishman the Amar Achila, if you means Achila, that they eat together Friday night and Shabbos, Gani Shabbos. You know, there's a Shabbos Suda Friday night and Shabbos day. But if you say that Achila doesn't mean eating, El Ilman Demar Tashmish, if it means intercourse, Tashmish with Shabbos Mika, there's no relations on Shabbos day. The Amar Ravuna, the Jewish people are holy. And they don't have Tashmish Shamita during the day. Says the Gemara, what does that mean that couples don't have, who are holy don't have relations during the day? says, You could very much have relations during the day. You just need to make sure that there's no daylight shining on you. But in a dark room, it's going to be allowed. So Eicheles, to eat together could still be a nice way of saying Tashmish, having relations. And the couples having relations Friday night and, uh, and Shabbos day as well. Fine. Then we said, If she's nursing. So remember we said that a wife's responsible to bring in a certain amount of value to her husband. And he's got to give her, uh, he's got to give her food and spending money. We said, if she's nursing, she doesn't need to work. She doesn't need to bring in as much. But the husband still needs to give her more food to give her strength to nurse. 
Now this is very interesting. You know what the conversation here is going to be about? Next Gemara is going to have a conversation. Whose obligation is it to make sure the baby is nursed? Is it the wife or the husband? Because if it's the mother, why does the husband need to send more food? If it's the father's responsibility to make sure his children are fed, we understand why he's got to send more food to his wife so that she can have more nutrition and more milk to feed the baby. Okay, so here we go. At the house of the entrance of the, of the Nasi. Even though we said a person does not have the obligation to support his sons and daughters when they are minors, that's only at a specific age. If your child's very young, you do have a real obligation to feed them. What's, what's considered very, very young? We are obligated to feed your children. Ad ben sheish, until age six. Kid Ravasi, Dam Ravasi, Katan ben sheish, Yatsu be'erev yimai. Once a kid is six years old, then if you make Erev Tchumen, the child is going to be connected to his mother's Erev, but, um, but uh, it, uh, until age six, he's connect, connected to his, his mother's Erev. So you see that until that age, until sheish, until six years old, this kid's connected to the mother, completely dependent so the husband's responsible. Mimai, how do you know that? Because it says, She's nursing. We're going to make her work less. But she, the husband's obligated to still feed her more. My time. Why does the husband have to feed her more? Because you know why you got to give her more food? Because that food's going to the baby. And you're the one responsible for the baby. So give her more food. Says the Gemara, How do you know he has to give her more food because he's responsible for the baby? Maybe, Maybe you have to give more nutrition to the mother is because when a woman's nursing, she's considered to be sickly. And when a person's wife is sickly, you have to add to her nutrition. How do you know you're adding for the baby? Maybe you're adding because the reality of a woman who's nursing is she has the status of a chola and you got to take care of that. Says you no. Im Kane, if that would be the reason, listen to Im Haisa which is say, if she's sick, my time Im Haisa Menika. My Im Haisa Menika. What do you mean if she's nursing? It must be, it's the nursing the, the baby that's the issue here, not the, not the being sick. I have a doma hakamashal, and maybe that's exactly the Chiddush, maybe the Chiddush is that a nursing woman is sick. Right? No, like a nursing woman on a number of fasts, the lighter fasts, uh, ask your local uh, you know, uh, Orthodox rabbi each time, a, a nursing woman doesn't need a fast. On the later fast, she's a chola. She has automatic. Maybe, maybe he's letting me know that uh, the, the chiddush is. You know why we're calling her a nursing woman is to let me know that a nursing woman is sick. It's important to know that. Gemara says, "Itmar." Ultimately, we learned. The reason why you have to add wine to a nursing woman is because it's beneficial for her milk. And who's responsible to give the child good milk? The father, the husband. So you see from here that it's the father's responsibility to support a child up until age six. Hadron Allah Afalpi. Hadron Allah Afalpi. Hadron Allah Afalpi. We have now completed the fifth parak of the Halig of Masechus Ksubis. Mazel tov to everybody who completed the fifth parak. And now we begin the sixth parak. Let's get going. Says the Mishnah, we are very familiar with this. We quoted this Mishnah a number of times during our Masechta. Let us start the new parak. Here we go. 
If a woman finds something, or she earns money, the husband gets it. Things that she inherits. She owns the land, but anything that it produces during the marriage, the husband's allowed to get. If she's embarrassed, she's, she's uh, damaged. She keeps it. So somebody embarrasses her, somebody damages her physically, all that money is going to go to her personally. If it's a uh, if it's a type of damage to her body that is hidden, she gets two thirds and he gets one third. It doesn't impact the husband so much. If it's revealed, if the damage is noticeable, so then it affects the husband more. He gets two thirds of the damage. She gets one third. He's able to collect from the damager right away. Um, and whatever she gets, that money, the husband has a right. It belongs to her. But the, the husband could use that two thirds or a third, whatever it is, to purchase land. She owns the land, but still they as a couple, as a family, can gain from the produce. Okay. Says Gabara, my Kamashlan, what's the Khidish of our Mishnah? Tanina, we already learned this. A father is allowed to marry off his daughter, the Kesef, Bishtaru Babia. And if the if the marriage brings, you know, the, the husband marries a minor and he gives two thousand dollars, the father gets that money. He also has rights to her findings and her ma'asiyah da'im and to nullify her vows. The Kabbalah he could accept her get. Now again, this is all talking about a minor, okay? The father does not eat fruits in her lifetime. However, Nisses, if let's say she gets married with Nisuin, the husband has additional advantages over what the father originally had. He could even eat the peris bechayas. You see very clearly a Mishnah letting us know that a husband has rights to produce of his wife's field. Why does the Mishnah need to write that? As the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Bushta upagma It's necessary to write a chiddush about paris upagam. Why? Because there's really a machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Becerra and the Rabbonon that we quoted in our Mishnah, which is the amounts that you get. Okay? So the Gemara had asked, why are you telling me that the husband has these rights? The Gemara is answering, you're right that we knew that. But we only wrote that as a preface to get to the bigger Chiddush, the novel idea, which is the machlaikas about the percentages of, by Bosha Supagam, by embarrassment and damage that's done to her, how much the husband gets. Is a machlaikas in the Cham and Rebut Mesera, so that original halacha was not the Iker Chiddush, granted, it was a lead up to the bigger Chiddush, which, uh, which was the continuation of, of, uh, of the mission, right? Which is how much, you know, how exactly do they divide that amount? All right, we're now at the two dots, two lines from the bottom of Samachay, Omud Beis. We have a little bit of a shorter daf tomorrow, so we will hold it here and pick up at 9 p.m. on Matzi Shabbos. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.